Hello, and welcome to Our Super Podcast, a podcast all about things that we find interesting, like comics, video games, and music. I'm Sarah Grayley. I'm Steph Ferenans. And this is the show. Hi, it's really hot. It's really hot, you guys. It's too hot. I think it's as I think it's like I think it's this hot in a lot of America right now as well. So it's nonstop. And a lot of Europe. I feel bad complaining about the heat. I think it's a lot worse in other places, but it's still pretty. Yeah, I just remembered the news that you showed me last night. Um, and I feel bad for complaining. But I'm I'm not a hot weather person. Yeah. Um also the thing about having four cats that are house cats is that you can't open any of your windows. Yeah, all of our windows are open like the tiniest crack. I can I can see outside, like over the road, everyone's got their French doors open. Uh looks really good. They got no pets. I wanna get an an AC unit. No. But that's not really a thing. I don't feel like it's like a, a usual thing for people to have in the UK, though. Because it's like cold all the time, and that's what we're accustomed to. So when this happens, it's like, oh my god, and it's not ended. We bought <laughs> you guys. A, we bought a really big fan, and we have it on like all the time. But the problem with the fan is like, as soon as it gets to a certain point of warmth in the house, it's just blowing warm air around. Hello and welcome to our super podcast where we complain about it being really Summer hot. edition. <laughs> um, it's not all bad though. There's been loads of cool things that have been happening. Um, no wait, I want to complain about the weather more. No, that's too. <laughs> that's too stereotypically UK. Okay, sorry, continue. What's the good? What are the good things? There's loads of good things. Um, number one, the we, sarcophagus. We, no, number one. <laughs> yeah, the sarcophagus <laughs> is the the reason there wasn't an episode last week. And yeah. that's, an, that's the official reason. It's in all of the newspapers. We were too busy trying to drink that juice. I think someone drank the juice. No, really? I think they, no, no, no. I think when they opened the sarcophagus, <gasps> I think it let out a load of really, like, slightly awkward bad luck. Like, not full-on bad luck, but just, like, a little I thought aw- you were going to be, things. like, a little fart. Like, you know when you trap a fart and they <laughs> out? I feel like it's very weird that they're like, oh yeah, it's like this massive sort of like heavy like black sarcophagus, and then inside there were these three skeletons, and I think now they're like downplaying it, like ah, they're probably just free, whoever's. Well, we're gonna whatever's. get buried together with all our cats. It's, it's gonna be one full coffin. It's creepy and um, weird. Just before we proceed, I'm sorry, a very important question: Would you drink the juice? No. From the sarcophagus. If you're not aware, there was juice in the sarcophagus. No. You wouldn't drink? No. No, I wouldn't either. I wouldn't, like, look at a sarcophagus if <laughs> mm, a sarcophagus tasty. was in the same room as me. <laughs> I'm not going to trust that. I'd Like, I remember learning about the ancient Egyptians in school. It's all... Wait, what? Jar, you... Mason jars with all the bits and pieces oh, okay. to take into the next life and all that stuff. Oh, I thought you were worried about spooky stuff. No, I think it's... It, you just you don't just, want that I think it, you'd juice. be... I think more often than not, You'd probably just find it probably just a bunch of bile or something or some other like bodily fluid yeah, that's been like bile. preserved. <laughs> Ugh. Okay. So cool stuff <laughs> <laughs> this week. The last two weeks. I kinda of played a bunch of video <laughs> games. So um I started playing some No Man's Sky again. No Man's Sky, if you're not aware, they they brought out an update called No Man's Sky Next. And it's very good. It's um it's been kind of described in a lot of places as fulfilling a lot of the original promises that they had with the game. Like, now there's, like, multiplayer stuff in it, and your your player now has, like, a body, which they didn't really oh, have before. that's fun. But there was, like, a whole thing when it first came out where um, the the person who was, like, the, the main person behind the game did a whole thing where, in a load of interviews, they sort of said, yeah, like, if you, if you end up on the same planet as another person, you'll be able to see them. Yeah. And... Um, 
it was this thing where he was just like a very I think he just wanted I think in his heart he believed that it would happen yeah but I think because the game was like due to come out at a certain time and Sony were like doing a lot of marketing behind it I think maybe they couldn't put all the stuff into the game that they wanted and so there was this really big backlash because in like the first 24 hours or something like two people found themselves on the same planet in this game and couldn't see each other and it was like a whole weird thing and everyone got really mean on the internet about it the internet sure is mean sometimes. But uh, I think it's gotten better with the with No Man's Sky because apparently their Steam reviews used to be like full on like negative, and now their their Steam reviews are mixed. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently that's the thing. That's pretty but, good. But um, it's been really enjoyable so far. It feels like there's a bit more of a, a narrative pull. Like before, it was just kind of you you're you're on a planet in a ship, and you have to collect resources, and you have to like sort of fix your ship up so you can go to other planets and collect other stuff and then you keep going through like galaxy and galaxy and galaxy and the whole thing is that it's this massively like procedurally generated things there's like almost like an infinite number of planets and then the whole aim of the game was like to get to the very center of the universe mm-hmm. and i think they've added more of a story there they've added more of a kind of a tutorial that describes what you're doing when you first start the game and it's very pretty looking when did uh, no man's sky first come out i think it was like two years ago now yeah. Yeah. So th- they've been releasing updates in the meantime, mm-hmm. but I think it's been kind of, I think it's it's been these like little sort of gradual steps where they've added in stuff like base building and these massive sort of like frigate ships. Yeah. And now they've finally sort of introduced like the whole multiplayer bit, and I think they've like improved all the graphics and stuff. And the planets have rings around them. Oh, <laughs> Some of the cute. planets have rings around. Them. So like how Saturn in the solar system, our solar system, the one that's in the real world. Um, that has like a big ring around it, so they've that kind of done that. That means they're married. Yeah, so you can <laughs> be engaged. on like you can be on the land, you can be on one of these planets, and if you look up at the sky, you see these massive big rings like all over the horizon. It's very, it's very, it's a really good scenic game. Um, I, th- I feel like I still haven't found any good monstery things yet. I found those weird little dancing, like hopping frog things that you were in the room for the other day. You said I was the frog and I, I was a fan I of. missed an opportunity I could have just re- I could have actually named that species after you and I didn't do no, it thanks. I'm the good. only thing I've named this time around because I started like a new playthrough because I wanted to try and like get like a feel for like the whole new experience mm-hmm. um, the only thing I've named so far was like I think the second planet I came across was like an ice planet and I just called it Pesto so I'll see how it is right name it after <laughs> a cat I'm thinking like Pesto was a more interesting planet name it's pretty good. She's Sarah, very great. No, Sarah's boring. Sarah Name the, all the Sarah the planet. Pesto. The planet. Pesto the planet. It's got alliteration. It's, it's great. Got everything pesto. Everything on pesto's planet. Pesto, I can just name after pesto. pesto. One of like the weirdest things that happened in the first game. There was a thing where I'd like walked into like this like new like star system thing, mm-hmm. and just as I'd gotten off one planet in the system, one yeah. of the other planets got, like, claimed by someone else. So yeah. I think that was, like, the closest I came in that game to, like, getting close to an actual real other person. But, yeah. Uh, no Man's Sky Next. It's been really interesting so far. I'm probably going to delve a bit more into it over the coming weeks. It's a very nice, chill kind of... It's a very, like... It feels very stress-free most of the time. It's just a nice kind of explorer game, so... Yeah. Do you know what else is stress-free? What was... What, what the, is stress-free? The lovely rom-com... Uh, hereditary. It's not a rom com. It's I don't horrible. even know if it's a horror film. <laughs> um, sad. Is it a thriller? Sad. No, it wasn't I really was thrilling. <laughs> it wasn't a thriller. It was like it made me feel sad and bad all the way through it. So yeah, we didn't really go to the cinema that despair? much. Despair? Uh, is it a despair film? Is that yeah, a thing? We we is that went, a genre. We went to the cinema. 
uh, which, sorry, sorry, um, it was just very, it was a lot, it was so much, it was been, it's been advertised as, like, the modern day exorcist, which, I haven't seen the old time exorcist, I fell asleep when, when the, when the exorcist was on, like, UK television for the first time, and that yeah. made a big deal about it, because it was, like, it was, like, banned for years, and then, it's finally been allowed on to be on UK TV, and I just fell asleep, I remember staying up, being all, like, cool and rebellious but I think there's like a lot of like weird stuff that happens at the start of the film and mm-hmm. then I feel like it lulls in the middle because it kind of got into a whole weird guy going around trying to find something I um, don't yeah I don't want to say the same about this movie I don't know I feel like it definitely is very 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 intense and then it's just like long intense I feel like it's um it's a weird one because I don't think we can really say much about it we're it not gonna spoil it away. if you're itching to go but I think my review was oh no I wish we saw Incredibles 2 instead because <laughs> it was too yeah. much for me I think my review would be like if you like feeling bad and creeped out I mean, and a side helping of sad and creeped out it's a very it's very good at making you sad and bad and creeped out. So yeah. if that's what you're looking for in a film, it's going to give you that. I don't think I've ever gone to see a movie though and kind of wish I hadn't cuz it was like it wasn't like it was a bad movie, it was just like too much for old me. Yeah. Um so yeah, there's some stuff in there that's like really intense, but if you want to have a bad time in a good way, I suppose, you should go see it. I think the way I might describe it is like if you've ever I mean, did you ever see the um, Stephen King um, book adaptation of The Mist in cinema? I or, like, so. the film version? That, okay, so, like, as spoiler-free as I can be, the ending of that film the, makes you feel that... The ending of that... you going to spoil film it. Make, I don't think you no, should No, 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 I'm not going to spoil it. I'm just saying the ending of that film makes you feel a lot like you feel in Hereditary. So if anyone, if anyone listening has seen the Stephen King uh, <laughs> The Mist film adaptation not the tv adaptation which we still need to finish watching uh the way that that the way you feel at the end of that film <laughs> is the way you probably feel through the entire of hereditary because it's a br- it's a very dark film it's very good at being dark though it's like it's a very weird review it's like if you enjoy films that are full of kind of like weird dark despair this is a film for you would you say the hype was real we went into it blind uh, I say like, it's I definitely mean, it definitely did a good job at what it was doing. Yeah, but I'm not sure if I'm a fan of what it was doing. I don't think I like films that. Are that. Okay, from the the very the very sad and bad hereditary uh, to um, Life is Strange: The Amazing Adventures of Captain Spirit, which is a it's kind of like a prequel to the next Life is Strange series. So it's this kind of like one off kind of story where it focuses on this young boy who's you know got this whole superhero alter ego, and you kind of like you got kind of like you got like a, a single parent sort of dad who is just sort of like hanging around watching the basketball and it's kind of a bit weird so you're kind of entertaining yourself on like a Saturday almost so you're going around and it's like a really weird little cute game and I think it's kind of hinted at that you have some sort of like powers and abilities which I guess is like very similar to the first Life is Strange game where you kind of like had like the whole time traveling rewind time ability thing is it like an episode thing so you play a bit of it now and then you get to play more of it as it comes out or um, is it i think so i think this one's just like a one this one's like a one-off with this character and i mm-hmm. think this is going to be the main character in life is strange 2 when that comes out later on this year yeah so it's kind of like a taster of like i guess it's kind of 
Maybe it's the kind of thing that Life is Strange 2 is going to be, like, at a later on point in this person's life. So yeah. they're kind of giving you, like, almost like giving you the flashback as this kind of standalone episode now. Was it, like, a free download, or...? Yeah, yeah, it was, like, a free thing. So I think they announced it during E3 that it was going to be, like, um, like a, th- a thing that people could download for free, and then... Yeah, it's been... It was interesting. It was only... It probably only lasted, like, about an hour, an hour and a half, but it told, like... It did a lot of good, like, environmental storytelling stuff. Like, you kind of, like, go mooching about in closets and stuff and find letters and little sort of doodles and drawings. Like, um, it's kind of uh, alluded to that the, the, the mother, who's, like, not Out on the, the scene... On the, yeah, like, not in the picture anymore, was, like, kind of a, like a cartoonist, a comic artist. So there's, like, oh, a yeah. bunch of... Um, there's a bunch of almost kind of, like, RC Super Adventure-esque comics. Like, oh, um, yeah. my friend Simon sent me a message like saying if I'd seen any of them yet and at that point I hadn't and he sent one and it was like basically like it was kind of a whole oh what what have you cooked for me oh your favourite it's pizza and I was like that's pretty it's like our super adventure but without the cats <laughs> <laughs> and more wine oh yeah there was like a bunch of wine as well yeah um so yeah I thought that that was funny it was like a fun little touch but mm. yeah it was an interesting it was interesting I'm, I'm I'll be excited to see what they do for the next Life is Strange like I really enjoyed the first Life is Strange series, and I never played all of the prequel stuff for it. I played, like, one of those episodes, so I should really need to go back and play the rest of it. But I did see someone write online that, like, um, I think when when they announced Life is Strange 2, yeah. someone was saying, oh, like, that it looks like they're sort of aiming for it all to be in the same universe together. Yeah. And I can't remember who it was that said it. They were kind of suggesting, oh, I hope this isn't a thing where they do all these separate stories and then bring the characters together like almost like an Avengers kind of thing Mm -hmm. but I'm like I would love if they did that because that sounds like a super interesting way to kind of keep building like do all these kind of like standalone stories and then maybe somewhere down the line bring it all together like because I I guess it's like a a difficult one though because depending on what your I know for Life is Strange 1 at least depending on your choices at the end of that game there's like different ways it can play out yeah so the only problem then if you have some kind of thing that brings everything together I don't know how you manage to cater for all of those different choices like I know with the Walking Dead um, Telltale games I think they managed to sort of do some sort of that some of that stuff where maybe there's a lot of places where the way it starts is a bit different but then it all converges back into like the main Narrative, depending on what happened last time. They'll figure it out. I believe in you, like the strange studio. Yeah, like um, I think there's, there was a lot of criticism about the first game where like the dialogue wasn't amazing. Yeah. Because they were kind of like it felt like it was like sort of teen dialogue, but oh. not being written by teens. But was I kind of like I can't say it because it's sweary and it's oh. like, this podcast is for all ages. <laughs> but um, yeah, like it gave some really good moments like in the very first episode of Life is Strange there was an amazing line about a selfie which will be forever ingrained in my memory just because it was so it felt like it did feel like proper like edgy teen writing but I love edgy I thought, teens I thought it was funny like and Hella got used a lot as well oh like this is hella cool and all that stuff and it's like it was fun it was a fun game and I'm excited to see what they do with the next one um, Sonic Mania Plus has come out which is the expanded version of Sonic Mania. It's like a, available as like a game that you can actually buy in the shops or it's like got, just a DLC. It's got your boy Mighty in it. It's got Mighty the Armadillo, um, who's the like boy. Uh, Ray the Flying... I think he's a Flying Squirrel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, who, who was only ever in like one arcade game. And like Mighty was, was only really... 
I think so. Like Ray was only ever in that one, um, like the weird. It was the arcade game with yeah. the b- b- that's got like a, a ball controller or something. Yeah. Which like I never ever got to play, but I remember like seeing. I have like these faint recollections of seeing stuff about it in Sonic the Comic or something. Mm. But um, yeah, Mighty and uh, Mighty was in that as well. I think because I think the whole the whole deal with Mighty is I think when they were first coming up with Sonic the Hedgehog is like an armadillo was like rumored to be one of the characters, like one of the things that they thought Sonic was going to be. So it's okay. not surprising that they had kind of like an armadillo-esque character back then. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess there's, like, some weird alternate timeline where maybe, like, Mighty the Armadillo is, like, the main character. I'm I'm happy with Mighty's comeback. He's coming back yeah. to all the games. It's cool. It's really fun. It's really fun playing as, um, as both Mighty and Ray in the new game as well because they've got kind of, like, um, Mighty's got this kind of, like, downward smashing thing, which is quite fun to use, and Ray's got kind of a... A nice floaty sort of gliding thing, mm-hmm. which is kind of like using a cape in the in Super Mario World, I think. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's been really cool. Um, there's a new mode called Encore Mode, where it's like it does a thing where like you choose a character to start with, yeah, and then instead of having extra lives, you collect extra characters as you go through it through like bonus levels or TV boxes and stuff, and then. Um, if you lose, well, if you if your character like loses all their rings and like gets like murdered by Robotnik or whatever, you just swap to the next character that you've got. So then, when you run out of characters, the game ends. So it's kind of it feels a lot more challenging. Like all the levels are kind of like slightly different and a little bit harder, but it's been fun. It's been like a refreshing take on it, and the fact that it lets you kind of like use all of the characters kind of evenly is quite nice. So mm-hmm. you get to kind of spend a lot of time with Mighty and Ray sort of from the get-go which is really fun and um yeah it's really good um you can if you already bought um sonic mania you can get it as a downloadable dlc for like four pounds or five dollars depending on where you are and it seems super worth it because it's like if you enjoy playing sonic mania this is like more of it you should ask me um what video games i've been playing this week what video games have you been playing <laughs> none, this week? None video games. Yeah, you've been hard at work. That's like, uh, I think part of the reason that we didn't have a podcast last week is that Sarah's just been like super, super busy with comics. I'm working on a bunch of things, but they're like, they're all really, really good things. So as soon as I can talk about them, I'm like, I'm very excited. But I'm also too busy to play video games. But the Stardew Valley soundtracks on Spotify, so I've been listening to that a lot, and that kind of, like, scratches that itch. If anything, you're kind of playing Stardew Valley, but it's just you living in the real world, doing comic book pages instead of planting crops. Yeah, I don't want to plant crops. It looks really hard. <laughs> yeah, but you can just you can do comics, so that's but okay for you. And more, more importantly, though, the, the library track, that's my jam. I listen to that Very a lot. Good. Very important. Wanted everyone to know. Thank nice. you for listening. <laughs> um, in the last couple of weeks, I've watched a few videos on a game called Two Point Hospital that's coming out soon. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I really loved the game Theme Hospital when I was growing up. It was like one of my favorite like video games. I'm sorry, I'm going to interrupt because I had uh, Theme Park World. Is that that's the same kind of thing, isn't it? Same thing, but. F- Theme parks are boring. Why would you run a theme park when you can run a hospital with people coming in with, like, bloaty heads and invisibility, or they might have Elvis syndromes, they believe they're Elvis, so you've got to convince them that they're not? I I saw there was several different versions of theme theme park world, though, and I had them, but really good yeah but what's people roller coasters when you floor. can like you when can you get people 
coaster. What's roller coasters though? When you get people oh. who come into your hospital who are covered in hair and you need to dehairalize them or something. Dehairalize them. Or when you build a really cool big hospital, but then you get like an epidemic and it it, it ruins your entire thing, and you have to hire as many janitors as you can because everyone started being sick, and you literally just have to buy all of the janitors and keep picking them up and putting them on the sick and but picking them up and putting them on the sick. Tell me more about these roller coasters. You can make themed worlds. So it was cute. It sounds awful. No, I mean, I played the original Theme Hospital as well. <laughs> it sounds <They're> like, awful. <laughs> theme Hospital was fine, but, like, I think Theme Hospital was, like, the first one I ever played, so yeah. it was, like, a special place for me, but, See, yeah. It was I just, only played Theme Park World. Theme Hospital was, like, a really weird, like... There was, like, a lot of weird humour to it as well. Like, there was this mm-hmm. kind of, like, constant kind of, um, like, tannoy announcement thing going on where they'd be, like, you know, please stop being sick in the corridors and stuff like please. that. And, um... Yeah, it was, like, a really good game, and I feel like it's one of those that I revisited, like, a few years back, and it was still felt really good to play, so I think some of the original developers now have, like, basically created, like, a new version of that game called Two Point Hospital, and mm-hmm. so far it looks really good. It just looks like a shinier version of the original Theme Hospital. And when does it come out? Um, I think it's August. Oh, August or September, so soonish, so I'm really excited for that, because the original game was really good, and, it, like, it really weirdly never ever got a sequel which is just really sad but oh, it's getting one now yeah it's getting one now which looks really I'm, good so i'm very I'm happy for, it. for you thank you i'm very happy for me too <laughs> okay another cool thing that we've uh that we've been into the last few weeks uh, we started watching a show on netflix called sugar rush oh no <laughs> <laughs> oh yes so um sugar rush is kind of like i want to say it's basically the spiritual the spiritual successor to zumbo's just desserts yeah because one of the get one of the judges on the show i was gonna say guest judge he's not a guest judge he's one of the main judges he's on one there. of the judges it's adriano zumbo who okay so like we probably have to like go back and say zumbo's just desserts is another tv show that's on netflix yeah there's about this cool like bold australian guy called uh, Adriano Zumbo who's really like into making these fancy desserts mm-hmm. and it's kind of like this cooking show where it started with like about that, that one's like more of like a harsh like typical American reality TV show almost where it started, it started out with like 10 contestants and then like slowly like one gets eliminated week after week or episode after episode and then it kind of gets to the point where like the contestants start breaking down because like they, they're, not, ma- they're yeah. not able to make these perfect looking desserts and they're like really ridiculous over the top desserts as well like it's kind of sad. Yeah, so um, this this one feels a little bit more lighthearted. Like, so Zumbo's in it, not as the main kind of. Not as like, he's not the main boy, but he's not we're the all here head, for Zumbo. But we're here, we're all here for we're him. Here for There's um, a really good cupcake lady whose name has escaped me, and then there is um, a boy who I feel like his job is just to keep the show moving along and to be the mean one when they when it calls yeah, for it. He's kind of mean. He says some kind of dodgy stuff every now and again, and it's like, oh, dude, in a blazer please don't i feel like he's got <laughs> I, th- I feel like that. the presenter boy is like i think he's got to be that he's the guy who has to be he's the one who has to tell people they're going home and stuff so like um it started and they like they have guest judges every different episode as well yeah um so it's this whole kind of thing where it started off quite um quite wholesome and nice like it felt like they were going for very much like a great british baking show kind of a uh, vibe which i think a lot of stuff is going for at the moment but then it does this whole thing so like it starts off with four different pairs of bakers. So instantly, it's really cool because like it's like a dessert cooking show, but like everyone's working together as a team. So they introduce their teams and they sort of say, "Oh yeah, you know, we work together at this place, and I do cupcakes for a living, or we do these fancy wedding cakes." And then they have a whole thing where the first two rounds of the competition are all done in the same amount of time, and then you know whatever time you save in this thing is time you get for the final third round. 
what they kind of didn't really get that much into in the first episode was that as soon as the first round is over and everyone's been judged, as they start, they they already started on their second round, and then the judges make a decision as to which team doesn't get to go forward, and so everyone's already started making their second round dessert, and then like little um, presenter man walks into the middle and he's like, "Oh, I'm so sorry, this team will not be continuing," and then a team just gets eliminated like after the first round, and it feels and so harsh. Bake. Huh? Mid-bake. Mid-bake. Mid so they bake. can be, like, rolling out their icing, and that's it. They just get... Um, they just get cruelly, cruelly taken away. It's fun, though, because it's, like, everyone on the show is professional, so you get to see some really, really cool cakes. Yeah, so one of my favourite things about Sugar Rush so far is, um... Obviously, mm-hmm. it's about our boy Zumpho. <laughs> <laughs> but, um... Something beca- so there's about like eight episodes of it so far, I think, and yeah. it kind of became really apparent around the third or fourth episode mm-hmm. that even though this is a show all about desserts, uh, Zumbo's main critique most of the time seems to be, "I wish there was a bit of salt on that." Yeah, and he'd be like, "Oh, you know, this whole plate was really good, but oh, I might have needed something else. Maybe like mm, a little bit of sea salt." And he says that. I reckon once, at least once per episode now. So it got to the thing when we were in, like, the fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth episodes where I was just kind of, like, almost jumping up and down on my seat waiting to hear Zombo recommend rock salt or, like, sea salt to someone. I love that Zombo gives you so much joy. He's I just the man that just, keeps on giving. It's this whole kind of thing where he just seems, like, so... He's very much cool... He's, he's, he's very much as cool as a cucumber, as the saying goes. Yeah. He just seems very chilled out and very zen and very peaceful. And he's would, got this kind of like effortless kind of... Would you, want, uh, would you want to be Zombo's friend? Oh, no. I'd like him to, like, cook me a fancy dessert maybe oh, at some point. Oh, but you don't want to be friends with I think he's too chilled boy. out. Oh, I don't think no. I've got that much to talk about um, desserts and cooking. I think he seems very much into his cooking. I'd be like, mm, well... Have, have you tried a donut? <laughs> I like donuts. They're very good. Oh, he seems alright. He seems too cool for me. I'd be too. I'd be too. Um, oh, I don't know. You're pretty cool. Oh shush. You're pretty cool. Uh, in book corner time, um, oh, the Adventure corner. Zone book came out this week. It did. Which we got in the post because I. Got, sometimes when books come out and they've got different release dates in America and in in the Europe and UK, I have to like find places that have the American version of the book because I can't deal with waiting. I think mm-hmm. the last time this happened was with um, Seconds by Brian Lee O'Malley where yeah. it came out, it was due to come out like at least a month later in the UK and, and my little impatient soul can't wait for that. So um, we ordered the Adventure Zone here, um, what's it called? Here, here There Be, be Goblins by um, all the McElroys and Carrie Peach who did all the artwork for it. And um, yeah, we got it like, it arrived like a, a few days after it came out in America, which was really cool, and and it's a New York Times bestseller. Yeah, like which as is of amazing. Uh, the news that came out um, like late yesterday, where it's it's hit number one in the New York Times bestseller list, which is amazing. So yeah, the McElroys are now all number one bestsellers, <laughs> which <laughs> is crazy. It's nice to get I wonder to be one altogether. I wonder yeah. if that's what they're going to start the next episode of Bim Bam with. You know, like maybe they have. How Griffin's like Faye and the Faye media luminary Griffin McElroy. Maybe they'll all be like number one New York Times bestseller. <laughs> maybe they'll save that for the Adventure Zone, though. Who knows? Yeah, uh, Carrie Peach did like an amazing job. I haven't finished reading it yet, but I yeah. have looked at all that gorgeous artwork. The artwork is incredible, and like the way because it's kind of like that entire sort of first campaign where it starts very much kind of. On, on the rails Dungeons and Dragons and mm-hmm. then the end of that campaign goes towards starting to allude to all the bigger stuff that starts going on in the story oh. and 
it's just really good. It's like, if you haven't listened to The Adventure Zone, it's a really, really good podcast. And the entire story that they're now kind of like adapting for graphic novels is really, really good. And the last kind of 10 episodes of the whole thing were just so epic. And I just couldn't wait like from week to week for it to come out. I'm really so, looking yeah. forward to seeing all of the adventure zone of the straight up by Carrie yeah it's I wonder if it's so great I wonder how the, if they're going to be releasing it like yearly or something because even if they do oh, yearly maybe. I think it's going to be like seven or eight years worth of books oh though. that's going to be a nice stack that's of a lot and I wonder if they'll do the whole thing you know like how these big long tril- like um not trilogies um, these big long things like um like say Harry Potter when they got to like the last book when that became a film it became kind of two films I wonder if they'll start doing it where it's like Maybe what, the when they make line. the film? No, no, the, maybe <laughs> the storyline is a little bit too much for just one graphic novel. Maybe yeah. it'll be like part one oh, and part maybe. two or something. But yeah, um, Carrie's gonna, Carrie Peach is going to be at Fort Bubble Convention UK friends, so you should probably go see her and us because we're going to be there too. But yeah, um, the thing I like about the thought the Fort Bubble thing is, um, I feel like it must be like it must be widely known now that Carrie's oh, going to be doing the next book but yeah. it was on the Thought Bubble um, website like ages ago and I no, saw no one mention it online more. so I, I didn't want to be anyone I didn't want to be the person who'd be like hey I saw this saucy bit of news but um, yeah no I think uh, I think it, um, they did an incredible job with the first book and I'm excited to see the rest I think I just want to see that more of that in comic I just want to see more of that stuff in comic form Mm-hmm. So, talking of conventions, though, uh, that's our theme for the week. Conventions! Hooray! Hooray! We've, we've been to so many of them. Wait. I don't actually know how many. Just We should we should do a quick plug here. We, you know, conventions is our themes because we're going to a convention this weekend. So, if you're in Manchester in the UK... <laughs> and you're lucky enough to listen to this podcast on Friday yeah. this week. <laughs> what, if you listen to this podcast as soon as it went up, maybe you'll know about this. Yeah, or more likely, maybe you've seen it online. But yeah, we're going to be at Manchester MCM in the Comic Village, so come say hi, if you're so inclined to do so. What's your favourite thing about conventions? What's my favourite thing about conventions? It's like, uh, we don't really go to conventions, like, we do conventions. So do you mean what's my favourite thing about doing conventions, or that space of time when we're walking around the floor? Um, just from, from tabling at conventions? Um, seeing everyone. It's nice. It's like a little meet-up as well, because you get to see all your comic friends. That's fun. So, um, with the UK comic scene, like, we've been doing UK shows for how long, Stefan? Um, since 2012. I was just counting this. I think you've done, like, 50 conventions ever. Yeah, that's gross. That's a that's lot. That's a lot, Yeah. <laughs> Um, we should figure out what the the one hundredth one will be. Oh, we're gonna do a special celebration. We'll just, have, we'll, just we'll just wear those like novelty glasses they get at like New Year's things, but Can't just for one hundred. Cute little hats instead, or maybe like a rosette made. Maybe we won't be as cheerful <gasps> by that point. Maybe. maybe maybe we'll get all like maybe we'll that'll be the point down. which we get all maybe a bit curmudgeonly. Oh, I don't want to be curmudgeonly. That's not fun. Maybe it'll happen though. Maybe no, we'll be like, oh, these no. young whippersnappers. But, um, yeah, I web guess comics. we've done, like, 50 shows. Is that including signings, or is that just shows? I think that's just shows. Oh. I, t- I try not to count the signings. We'll oh. I was just quickly going through that. Oh, that's so many, so many of them. Yeah, right? Like, it's it's well, wild. Um, wait, so how many years have we been doing shows? Uh, since 2012, so it's, yeah. like, 
sixth sixth year right now. That's wild. What yeah. the hell? I mean, okay, I think sense, the last two years, I think we started doing a lot more conventions. Yeah. And then this year, we've kind of toned it down a little bit. I don't know, maybe I'm a little conventionally, because I'm like, oh, I'm so tired. <laughs> I have to wake up at what time? <laughs> but, um... Oh, I really enjoy conventions. They're really, um... They it's always, fun. like, a really interesting atmosphere to be around. Like, whether it's one that's kind of, like, got, like, a lot of cosplay stuff going on, yeah. or whether it's one that's kind of more, like comic book oriented they're always just really interesting and it's always fun to see like a bunch of people and yeah. what they're selling like I really love it when someone we know has something new yes. that's always a good feeling because yeah. like yeah like it's it's always kind of exciting when people whose work you follow have something sort of like nice and sort of shiny and new to get and then it's like oh just don't mind me I'm just gonna leave the table for a second and get some comics yeah. <laughs> it's always good but yeah um, that's the fun thing about we've done like 50 shows apparently I w- was not aware it was so I many. literally like only ca- I only like skim counted very fast so that and then oh, no. like, the number could be like, like <laughs> a tiny bit bigger or a tiny bit smaller but, but around 50 around that I think exactly. if, I think I figured out the other day that we're almost we're 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 somewhere between five and ten times of doing London MCM, that's so wild. which is like that's probably like one of the biggest shows in the UK. Yeah. And to think we've done it that many times, but I think we did it for the first time back in 2013, maybe. Yeah, when well, like, we it was were like fairly, Yeah, it was like the third third ever. It was like the third different show you'd done. I think we did. We went to Fort Bubble a couple of times. Oh, and then um, we did MCM London. I feel year so after that. tired. <laughs> yeah, it's like five, like, five years. Five years mean? ago, five years. I say um, October this year will be like five year a five year London MCM anniversary. Oh, we have to celebrate somehow. But yeah, um, London MCM is definitely one of those. It feels like like one of the busiest shows in the UK for sure. Like it's like a it's it was. I think it started as like a two day event, but now it's like a three day one as well. And it yeah. feels like it's. It feels like um, the the Friday and the Sunday are always kind of like a nice manageable level of busy, but then the Saturday is kind of like hectic in a nice way, I think. I feel like if you want to go around the show floor, you do it on a Friday or a Sunday. Yeah. And then you you can you can go around the show floor on the Saturday, but you'll be going really slow because there's too many bodies on the floor. These kind of conventions are busy. Mm hmm. (laughs) But um, yeah, no. um, What what's what other shows do you like doing? What, in the UK or in the US? Yeah, let's stick with the UK ones before we move on to the US. Um, I really like shows in Scotland, but we haven't done any in, like, a long time. Yeah. I think the last, the last show we did was Dunfermline, not last year, but the year before. Dunfermline was, was really, really nice. nice. Yeah, it was it's, so um, good. It's run by a comic shop called Little Shop of Heroes, and it's, like, a little family-run thing, and they're, like, the sweetest bunch of people. And yeah, and their show is really good. They get good guests. Yeah, it's um, it's worth noting for for a small show in the UK, they, they, like, they fly in international guests, but, like, actually, they do kind of, like, take into account getting comic guests that aren't just your typical kind of, like, boy who's worked on like some Marvel or DC stuff like they get yeah. sort of like a bunch of different people then and it's really interesting so like they still kind of like have their toe in that but they're also like you know a lot of people come to these conventions are a bit younger so yeah. they've already got like their kind of sight on like people who are making like more young adult kind of stuff and yeah it's, it seems like they're really inclusive with it and they're doing things that maybe all conventions aren't quite getting right just yet every time I see a show um, that only has boys as their guests as their comic guests like I was busy thinking about boys it goes in my head but like a sad, a sad, followed by a very big sadness. 
Yeah, it's, it's like it's boring. Come on. <laughs> it does kind of feel like um, this is probably like I think this has only gotten worse because of the shows that we've done in America. But like the big shows in America, like your your and your NYCCs, your uh, Emerald E-C-C-C's. City. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go away from all the CCs. So like New York Comic Con, Emerald City Comic Con. Um, Chicago Comics and Entertainment Expo, Small um, Press Expo, Small Press Expo, um, TCAF, Toronto Comic and yeah. Arts Fest, um, and um, even San Diego Comic Con. Like these are shows where they they have so many guests, mm-hmm. and it's like guests from like all genders and diverse kind of like backgrounds and stuff like that. Like it's not just boys who do superhero comics it's kind of everything and all-encompassing and it's definitely more representative of the comics industry as a whole right now yeah whereas i don't really feel that in a lot of uk shows but like i mean like dumbfounder i think gets it right a lot yeah um thought bubble has always consistently been getting a whole bunch of different guests since like the get-go i think i think that's that was one of those shows that i think that was the first comic show we went to in the uk where i was surprised that it had like people Whose stuff that I'd read online actually like, be there? Like, I remember like Kate Beaton yes, being a guest. That's exactly the one, one I was thinking early of. Early years, yeah. And yeah. like they had Natasha Algari. Um, yeah. Is it Algari? Uh, being Puppycat. Allegri. Yeah, I love her work. She's wonderful. Yeah. And it was very exciting because it was like, um, I think it was, yeah, one of the really early thought bubbles for us. Yeah. And it was yeah. like, oh, I'm going to go meet Natasha. <laughs> yeah, like that um, was very, yeah, that was really cool. I can't remember his name though. Um, who's Perry Bible Fellowship? Oh goodness! It's gone out of my. It's like got a G sound in it. <laughs> yeah, let me find out what that is. I'm. I was so surprised that year that when he was there and he was just kind of like doing these, these like little drawings and he had prints and stuff. Uh, Nicholas Gerwich. Yeah. And I was just like, he's he's just there and he just seems There's so chill and here. cool. And it was the fact that it's like a convention that's like attracting those kind of guests as well, which I think is really really cool. Yeah. Um. Because yeah, like it's it's just it's nice. Like those are the kind of people who I never really. They're like they're bringing people to the UK who mm-hmm. I don't think when I was into when I was first getting into like web comics and stuff like years ago. Yeah, I kind of probably would have never thought these people would come to the UK almost because yeah. they seem like they're from such a sort of weird genre of stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, someone like Kate Beaton who kind of like got really big initially through like a kind of I guess like a web comic. Ideally, like I just would never have thought that those people would get brought over to the UK for a comic con. So. It feels really cool that they have. They do. I can't remember what... I feel like Kate Bean's just crushing it all over the place, though. She's been crushing it all over the place. It makes oh, sense yeah. for her to come to the UK, but it's like... I guess it's like... But they're so far away, and it's yeah. such a long journey. Well, that's but, like, but what I'm trying to say is, what are the... If it wasn't for Dunfermline and Thought Bubble, there's not... When you look at the mainstream comic shows, yeah. I don't feel like you're seeing as many of those kind of guests coming over. Like, you might get, like, a bunch more kind of um, typical mainstream comic artists like people who write for like big Marvel DC properties yeah but like when it comes to that kind of quirkier weirder stuff online that still has like a massive following yeah I don't think you get as much of that and that's the one thing I really would like to see change because I think we've been spoiled by the international shows we've done recently and getting to see like such big diverse guest lists like it's you know hopefully that stuff starts having an effect in the UK as well but yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think it's, it's like, something you, like, we're aware, we were very aware of, I think, before we started doing international shows, and now it's just, like, oh, we're just really disappointed. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's so, it's so much, it's so much better. I feel like then, really because... it picks up over here. 
because the industry is like starting to change a lot as well like it's this whole kind of thing of where um like um like young adult graphic novels are making up such a big part of sales of those books in general mm-hmm. so you think like it, it kind of it, it it seems really silly to me that a UK convention hasn't sort of snapped up someone like Raina Togemeyer yet yeah or um Ngozi at the moment yeah. who's like doing like amazing with Check Please like I think that they've built such a big sort of cult following around that stuff that part of me feels like it should only be a matter of time but I feel like I'm not sure what the convention yeah. I'm not sure which convention is going to be the first to kind of like start bringing that stuff in because I mean, I know from my time working in, like, in the school library that I used to run, like, I started getting in some of Raina Togemeyer's books just on a whim, and they just went out as soon as they're on the shelves, and then I think it's this whole kind of thing where, like, people of that age are, like, reading these books, and then their friends are seeing them read them, and then they're getting recommended them, and then their friend wants to bring the book out, and then their friend wants to get the book out, and then before you know, like, I was, like, having to get, like, like, something like between eight and ten copies of each one oh, of Rainer's books. Gosh. And then <laughs> like really it, good. but then it has a knock on effect because as soon as they've read Rainer's books, they want to read other stuff. So you have to sort of like branch out and get some of the more like oh, like different authors in, like like Vera Brosgo and um Gail Galligan stuff at the moment with like um, the Babysitters Club kind of stuff. Kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's my go to word. But um yeah, it's like that's the kind of thing where I know the American conventions seem to have started yeah. taking notice of that because they know that that's there's a well, whole I'm, big fan base who want to meet these people and get stuff signed by them and yeah i feel like hopefully people in the uk are going to get their finger on that button sooner rather uh, than later because it feels like they're missing a really big opportunity right now um so yeah let's um let's talk some about us shows and um, we've only really started we've only really started going to them in like the last i guess two years actually because san diego yeah. comic-con was like two years ago that we went to that here is a quick rundown of all the US shows because there's not 50 of them that we've done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So San Diego Comic Con in 2016. Yeah, yes. Yes, we went to that. We didn't table at that, which was kind of cool, I think. Yeah. Because um, I remember being in. When you were doing one of your signings, I think, I was yeah. like walking around the artist alley, and at one point. Like, it was like San Diego Comic Con is like a very busy convention. So busy. But then, at one point it just everything came to this massive standstill and like uh, I think they basically like parted the crowd because they wanted to get all of the um, the Suicide Squad actors were coming through and doing like a thing yeah so like all these security appeared and everyone got kind of like if you imagine like, everyone's already kind of like crowded in, in the first place everyone got like even more crowded and then was like crowded and couldn't move anywhere for like about five minutes because they had to like walk like Will Smith and all like I the saw other Will Smith. people I didn't I was like this is the dumb <laughs> thing like over the, like over the top of everyone I think I saw like glimpses of everyone else but just not will smith yeah so like i've not my eyes have never locked eyes like not locked eyes i've never like seen will smith he's great been kind of vaguely close to him yeah didn't see him but um yeah i would recommend that was like a very weird moment though because it was like i think because like the artist alley in san diego is like smushed right into the middle of everything yeah so it kind of felt like it kind of just got all shut down for a second because of like sending everyone through but it seemed like very very crowded and like the entire place was like real busy and loud so yeah yeah. we want to we want to go back though next year yeah Um, I'm not sure if I don't think I don't I, think we're going to get a table, though. I think it'd no, be nice to... We're, we're going to be there. And hopefully. Hopefully. There. And we'll hopefully be signing and stuff. And yeah. I'd like to do some panels. Yeah. That's just my little wish list. But that's, like, what you did, like, the first time around. You had, like, yeah. some panels, some signings and stuff. And 
it was good. We got to like go around a whole bunch of stuff, and it was like really interesting. Like the I think the thing I love about San Diego is how it, um, it like all expands out of the convention center. Yeah. So it's not just like you're at a comic con and it's all in this one under one roof. It's like there are all these like little breakout bits and well, like when we went, there was like a whole South Park town that they'd constructed and yeah, big massive inflatable Powerpuff Girls. I'm trying to think what what else was there. That's all I can remember. There was the I massive um, Adult Swim park? thing. Adult Swim uh, in the Green. They had gosh. that massive like um, <laughs> amusement park. Like, um, it was I like a fun fair. I can't remember. Yeah, you <laughs> I did the, I forgot. <laughs> you did the, the Rick and Morty live draw thing there. But yeah. like in the daytime they just had all these kind of like carnival things where people could win like big like Mr. Poopy Butthole body pillows and I stuff. Didn't get, I didn't get <laughs> which one. You never, which you didn't get one, which is really, really silly and sad. Yeah. And they had those really good tote bags that had the really good design on them I that looked glow in the dark, but I don't think it was glow in the dark. I didn't get one of those either. I know. I was part of the show, but I didn't get any of the swag. It was very good. It Missed was very out. surreal. Yeah, um, I think they do that every year as well, so that's pretty cool. I think the most sort of swag kind of thing we did, is that like a, a verb? Can I... I guess so. The most swag thing that we did with the the, the swaggy the, the thing we swagged okay, first. That's, that's we um, <laughs> I can't. I think maybe it was like I want to say it was the Saturday, the Friday, or the Saturday. Mm-hmm. But we were um, we were like standing. I remember we were standing near the Funko booth. Oh, so the whole yeah, deal yeah. with like in 2016, I think they've changed it a bunch since then. The whole deal was if you wanted to go to the Funko Pop booth, and like yeah, like Funko Pops aren't the worst thing in the world. Everyone, you know, everyone has a hot take about Funko Pops, but like sometimes if it's the only if they're the only game in town for like a figure or something, like that I'd like. Well, that's how that goes. Um, <laughs> so we, I, I looked into how to go to the Funko booth because at San Diego Comic Con, it's not just as simple as there's the booth and you walk up to it or stand in the line or whatever. And I think in 2016 when we went, they had like a lottery ticket system thing. And so yeah, I remember like Thursday morning waking up like super early to sort of check out what the situation was. So this was like about like 4 a.m. And I had a look on Twitter to sort of see if there's anyone talking about lines and stuff. And apparently, like, at 4am, there was already, like, a massive line. And I remember thinking in my very sleepy mindset, mm, I don't want to get involved with that. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, a couple of hours later, when I, like, when I woke up, woke up, I read on Twitter that apparently... So they had this whole big line that was going around one side of the convention center for the Funko Pop line. Yeah. And then when they finally opened the doors and they started letting people in, they also opened the doors at another side as well. So yeah. a bunch of other people crashed the line. Yeah. And so people who've been waiting out since like four or five in the morning ended up not even getting a ticket because so the line like became massive. And so, yeah, I think I decided from that point, I don't want to play that game. It sounds yeah. really weird. And also it's this whole kind of thing of like not quite knowing where you're meant to be lining up in a strange yeah. place as well. But they've, uh, they've changed the system now. I think right. now it's. Oh, I hope. <laughs> that wasn't even the only thing, though. It was the fact that it, it was a ticket lottery. Yeah. To see, so you'd be going and basically seeing if you could get one of a ticket for one of four slots that day. Yeah. But there was a chance that you might not get a ticket whatsoever. So it was still like this random chance thing. But now they do it all through an online application thing as of this year, I think. Yeah. Which sounds so much better and fair because the other one just sounds really. It feels like such a weird thing to be like, no, you've lost you don't get an opportunity to come and buy a thing. Yeah, can you imagine get, like, getting up before 4am? And then being getting in the told queue, no. And being like, no, you didn't. 
No. Yeah. Sorry. You can't I don't know. Have I don't one. know whether like, people have like multiple tries, but then the whole thing you have to think is probably like such a <laughs> massive line of like yeah. people that you'd have to then rejoin that, and it just sounds awful. But uh, we we went to the Funko Pop. Yeah. So the whole thing with that, yeah, like the reason I wanted to go is like it was the first time they did the Scott Pilgrim Funko Pops. Um, was it the first year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, they put they put the Scott Pilgrim one and the Ramona one in shops like normal. Yeah. But the the one of the band, mm-hmm. so like basically like um Scott and Stephen Stills and Kim Pine, like yeah. it was like a kind of little band unit with all their instruments and stuff. I mean, like Kim only has drumsticks, not a full drum set, but whatever. Um, yeah, they were selling that as like, set. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they were selling that as like um like a set at San Diego, and I think then they'd later sell it in some US shop. But we were only in town for like a little bit, so mm-hmm. we wouldn't be able to stick around for that. But um yeah, so we um so that was why I wanted to join this whole Funko Pop thing mm-hmm. experience. You want to get your Scots? I wanted to get my Scots. I wanted to you get my Scott programmy things. And then, um, so I think it was on either Friday or Saturday, we were just kind of like standing around near the Funko booth. Because like, yeah. I think we were just like looking at some other stalls and stuff. And then I think they ran out of people for the line. So they just opened up the line like right next to us. And we got to go in and buy stuff from the Funko booth. Which is pretty cool. We yeah. got um, Ghostbuster car. Yeah, we got, we got a Ghostbuster car with Slimer. He's beautiful. And sadly, not the Sex Bob Pops because they sold out of them. But then I got them on eBay later on. We we Shrug. bought we bought a pop, sold the pop, used that pop money to buy the pops we wanted. Yeah, we had a <laughs> it whole. Was like a trade. It was a whole. It was a whole system. Yeah. But it, it's it's like buy, it ended up just being like buying the the, the Sex Bob Pops in the first place. Do we have any rare pops? I don't think we do. I watch the complete. No, I think I'll be my pops rare, isn't it? The glow in the dark um, one. It's He's not. Beautiful. I don't think it's rare. I love him. But I don't. Think, I think it's no one, one of those that might be expensive. Him. Maybe. He's a beautiful boy. But then we got that when it was like, I think that we finally. So we bought like a glow in the dark beamer pop figure from a shop in uh, Birmingham, which is like near where we live. And I feel like I'd seen it in that shop a good long yeah, no one, time. No before one wanted we, to take that boy home. Yeah, if no, I we wanted had, to. We finally got it, and it, it cost like fifteen pounds or something, and it glows in the dark. That's, That's really good. It's so glow in the dark. It's. It's better than we've got like in a girl yeah. from Invader Zim that's meant to glow in the dark, but that's the, uh, not very glowy in the dark. The, the golden rule is that if you work on a licensed property, that you're allowed to then buy a lot of merch merchandise uh, on that particular licensed property. So you've, not, bunch... wor- you've not worked on Adventure Time. Oh no! Nah. I no, I'm just to clarify, I've not done any Adventure Time work. Although I would like to. That's like a comic I'd like to get involved in. I mean, maybe the comic series they've just announced would be cool. I think like, they've already got a team on that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like, I mean, like, you know, hopefully that runs for like a bunch of time. Just do another one, another. Yeah. I, mean, I think that's really cool. Just like as a total side note for a second, I do think it's really cool that they're going to be continuing adventures, adventure time through um, in comic form after yeah. the TV show ends. Oh gosh, um, yeah. Let's actually let's stop talking about convention. Let's just talk about how great Adventure Time is. Adventure Time is really great. So <laughs> pop vinyls again. No, no, no. Wait, I'm not done. Funko I Pops. genuinely wanted to talk about Adventure Time more because there was the Adventure Time Minecraft episode, and our friend Joe Sparrow did like character design on that, and it, it looks so good, right? It does. It looks so. It looked really incredible. Oh, it was very. It was a very good episode. I just uh, Adventure Time's so good. And I love all the lore, and we should rewatch it from the beginning. Because yeah. there's finish, a lot of it that's escaped my brain. When we finish watching all of Steven Universe from the beginning, then maybe yeah. we start another oh, time from guys, the beginning. Steven Universe is really good too. And then we'll go back to OKK at the beginning again, and then there's we'll watch lot, all the Craig of the Creek again. There's so many good cartoons. Oh, Summer Camp Island is amazing as well. Did we finish that? 
I don't think so. So we can watch we that. We need to watch the rest of that. I forgot that was a thing. The other golden rule is when you work from home, you can watch cartoons in the background while you work. It's pretty good. Yeah, Would recommend. Good. <laughs> so Sorry, that was yeah. San Diego Comic-Con. Sorry, everyone. I just It was really good, yeah. and it was really it was really hot there the entire time. That was, like, the one um, downside about it. I would probably rate it as the sweatiest convention. It's not sweaty inside, because I mean, I've got really good aircon, but San Diego's just really hot. Don't count your chickens. This weekend in Manchester might be warm. Mm. But then I can't, <laughs> I can't think of, like... We've done this one in Manchester before around this time of year, and I can't think... I, I never thought, I oh, it's really shirt. warm. So maybe it's so. not. Maybe it's kind of cool inside the building. I miss wearing shirts. I really like shirts. We can only hope. Mm. Um, so yeah, what was the next show we did after that? After San Diego, um, we have to do it in order because it's, it's more press expo in Washington. Oh yeah, that was no, Maryland. Really, that was re- yeah, is in, in Maryland near Washington DC. Um, <laughs> that was a really cute show. Like it was that one was kind of like incredible with just how many good creators there were there have we spoken about this on the podcast before i'm getting very much i'm getting deja vu uh, probably i feel like every time i bring up small press <laughs> expo i'm like wow it was so good wish that i could have bought more comics so we literally had like our suitcases at the maximum weight like, yeah um I think, it was so good i think the dream would be um maybe not tabling at sbx but just Going, I would love to go with an empty suitcase. But it's free and it doesn't cost all the money in the world to do it. Yeah, maybe we should just go. <laughs> oh. I mean, it costs mm. plane and hotel <laughs> and all the money we spend on comics. Yeah, but then it would be nice. It would be nice. Maybe that's like a, a, a thing to look at in the future. Call yeah. it a holiday or something. I know if you're like if you can get to Small Press Expo, it happens in September um, in Maryland and it's really good. It is. There's, there's always like it's a whole. It's one of those shows. I feel like it's very. I'd put it in like the same column as Thought Bubble in the UK and TCAF in Canada. Yeah, like if all of those, I mm, yeah. No, like, I, I was I, gonna say that, if they had a baby, but I'm not sure if they're the dad. No, they're, or, they're all they're all siblings. I mean, siblings. they're all like they're all they're shows that have such an interesting diverse range of creators. So you have like a couple of big like names but yeah. you also have a lot of names that aren't as well known but are putting out incredible work so yes. I think they're the, SPX as well as Thought Bubble and Decaf I think do an incredible job of like highlighting like they do an incredible job of curating a really interesting lineup full of stuff that if you haven't heard of it before there's like a reason that you should have heard of it and yeah. you'll, you'll wonder how you haven't heard of it so basically you do all three of those shows they're all in different locations so you have to fly to them <laughs> no I mean like if you're, if you're, in, if you're in America yeah. hit up SPX if you're in Canada hit up TCAP if you're in the UK hit up Bubble baby if you fancy a holiday and you live in one of the other countries go to the other country and visit one of the other ones um, I feel like that's oh. I don't feel like I'm adding anything new to the conversation there I feel like it's like a pretty well-known fact that all of those shows are very have yeah. incredible like lineups. I, so. I feel every time we go to any of those shows, we're always tabling. Um, I say as we've only done small press expo and TCAF once. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm like, yeah, I always want to go around and just go as like a, a visitor. Yeah. But then I want to be there and I want to be with a table. Table's nice. <laughs> I mean, when we did um, posh, when we did small press expo, we hadn't we kind of instigated a rule at comic conventions. And, comic conventions now where we give ourselves like an actual lunch break where we leave the table and have something to eat so we're not kind Mm -hmm. of awkwardly eating like a sandwich or something behind the table yeah I feel like I don't think we'd put that into place at SPX I think we had a a little slight walk around but not much but 
I mean, we, I always like, oh, I wish I saw more, but it's like, we brought back like a lot of comics. <laughs> uh, yeah, we've got a massive, we got like a photo that we took of all the stuff laid out on our coffee table when we got back, and it just like blanketed the entire thing. Our but, coffee table is like comedically big. Yeah, like, we bought it. Like, <laughs> this is a good sized coffee table, and then it takes up our whole Yeah, all right. Room. In IKEA, I maintain that it looked like a really sensible size, and then you bring it into an actual real living room, and it's like, I don't know what. Where's all the floor gone? Look, you can fit so much pizza on that bad boy. Is that you, is that like you doing the meme? You can fit so much pizza in this bad boy. Is this a meme? It's a meme. I'm not up to date on meme. It's like the car boot meme or something. No, I don't know what you're car talking salesman about. meme. I'm sorry. I'll show you later. You've you've you Look, must have seen basically, it. Basically, it's a big I meme. Know that we can fit a, hot a new big meme. pizza and more on it's that table. It's a hot new meme. You can fit so much pizza on this coffee table. Oh, everyone like, out there, everyone okay. out there, whoa, whoa, whoa. everyone out there who's aware of the meme, you can fit so much pizza on this coffee table. They'll get it. They'll I, know what, what I'm talking I about. I see a good spicy meme and I send it to Steph and he's like, I saw that two days ago. Where were you? And I'm like, oh. Yeah, and then sometimes I'll send you stuff that I'm seeing fresh off the press. <laughs> <laughs> but I can't it's send you everything. It's so tiring. Oh. Um, so yeah, that's SPX. I feel like that's like, that's like TCAF as well in the same breath. Like both really good shows that just like have a really interesting like like yeah. breadth of um, creators in one place. Um, TCAF has like a year year on year off uh, table application rule. So it's like basically if you want to keep going every year, you should get a fresh rotation oh, yeah. of people. Yeah. So and then SPX is like a lottery. So. Who, who knows? knows? Yeah, yeah, who knows what you're gonna get? Oh, you're gonna get Rebecca Sugar this year, though. Yeah, talking which about is cool. Steven Universe. That's um, really cool. I was reading the Steven Universe book we've got, and I think Rebecca Sugar started off from like tabling at stuff like SBX. Yeah, so that's kind of really. Oh, it's so nice. Yeah, it's like really fun that they're going back. Yeah. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Um, oh. But yeah, um, so that's SBX. Uh, NYCC was really cool last year, and yeah. I'm super excited to be going there again this year. I am so excited. That's like, so soon. I feel like the thing with that... Okay, the one thing I'm disappointed about with NYCC, oh, though, is... Oh, oh, Like, we were gonna be... So the first time we went to New York was in the summertime, and it was, like, hilariously warm. It was, like, 35 degrees in the shade, which is, like, a kind of weird, muggy warmness, mm-hmm. which I'm feeling, like, right now, if I'm honest. And it was the worst. <laughs> it sucked. But, um, when we were going to New York Comic Con... I had this whole thing of like, oh, wicked, like, I'm finally going to get to experience, like, New York, but it'd be a little bit chillier. Yeah. And in October, it was still, like, almost as warm. It was, like, 28 degrees, and it was, like, 20 plus degrees of a nighttime as well. So you're talking about, like, when the sun has gone? Yeah. The the New York just stayed warm. So we'd be walking places, and, like, it'd be, like, almost, like, like, dark, dark, and it'd be swelteringly hot. Yeah, it was so sweaty. Sorry to keep telling you guys how much sweat... This is all we know now. I can't wait to this podcast in the winter when all we talk about is like, oh, we've been so cold. I miss being cold so much. (laughs) (laughs) I just... (laughs) Hey, it's okay. Is it? We we tried... um, Is it? This is like a peek behind the curtain. We tried recording an intro to this podcast with our... We've got like this really big floor fan that we bought like a few weeks ago when like the summer started. 
and we tried recording like about a minute of the podcast with the fan going and then listen back to it and it was not good it's a very loud fan so like we're suffering to do this I, not like su- not, not really suffering that sounds like such an overdramatic so thing dramatic. to say it's just very warm and sweaty in this room I, right now I keep looking at like the weather forecast for 10 days and, and melting and I'm just like where is the cold I just want it to dip between um below 20 degrees that would be pretty cool we've 15 done, degrees thanks 10 degrees oh now we're talking we've done it again we're just talking about the weather I'm so, we're, we're British stereotype I hate it yeah um, uh, well, we talk about for New York Comic Con. So I'm excited for New York Comic Con this year. Like I feel like it was amazing. Like last year, it was like such an interesting convention, and yeah. it was like the first four day one we've done though. So that's kind of intense. Like it's a very oh intense goodness. thing, and um, it was kind of cool because like they put the they put the artist alley into its own like its own kind of ballroom esque room, which was really cool. Because yeah. especially like when like a, um, San Diego, it was kind of like smack bang in the middle of everything, and mm-hmm. by and large, most of the conventions we go to in the UK are, like just in massive kind of convention halls where like artist alley is kind of like one corner or one section somewhere Mm -hmm. so the fact that it was this entire like it was this whole room on its own but it was like so packed and i guess that was like really good in terms of like you know loads of people could like walking past the table and stuff but it was like if you ever wanted to go to like you know cheekily nip to the loo you just um, couldn't well we were like the opposite end of the room for where the toilets were so it was a whole kind of like thing of making a pact with the other that we'll see them again someday <laughs> and then half an hour later sort of getting back with like um, bruises and battle scars and I know it's an empty a, bladder it's in a different they're putting our study somewhere else this year because I, I think, think a part of it was like super hot but we were in a nice I didn't I, have that for where we were I sat. think I know where they're moving it oh where tell me um, I think it's there was like a queuing hall right next to where we were okay so I think it's mm. moving it into that where it's like a much it's like it's more of a typical like convention hall space yeah but I think it's given it its own hall if that Ooh. makes sense okay yeah 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 I think that's where it was I'm sure I saw someone mention where it was going to be and it sounds like that I've got it in an email <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> that's so um, far away my favourite thing about New York Comic Con was when yeah. you got back from a panel that you just done no and then I think I, I mentioned that um, we had like some people come to the table who wanted a commission and so I took a picture of them in their cosplays yeah. I think it was like Aloy from Horizon Zero Dawn and, and a spooky clown no it was um, Sweet Sweet Tooth it's like a clown thing from a, an old video game well, PlayStation video game um, if that was you very spooky it was really good very so it was like these, these two together and I sent you a picture like while you're at your panel being like oh look at this cool commission you get to draw because they want to be drawn in their costumes yeah and then you were like, oh, I never saw it. And then you went to check your phone and you didn't have your phone. Yeah. And so I got like, for the next half an hour, I think I got real, uh, I got real into looking at the whole track. I had to like log into like your email on my phone and then yeah. go on to the whole weird Android, like track my phone business. Yeah. And then we found it. But it was like on the map it was like at the like the exact opposite end of the entire Javits Center which like the Javits Center is like a big convention center and so, so then I wrestled through all the, the the crowds and hordes of people and then the security guard outside so when I handed it in to them that was so really good that was so it, lucky which felt so so good because I think it would have been a, a bit of a nightmare it's- if you lost your phone. It's really fun when something goes wrong and you're tabling and you just have to kind of keep your cool. Because, like, yeah, like, you... I mean, being... It was so busy. And I was... You were gone, so I was on my own. 
and then like people were coming up being like hey what's up and I'm like oh you know not much don't know what my phone I, like, is in a different country you have to sort of think for the last hour as well I would have been telling people oh yeah Sarah's going to be back at the table at this time so obviously people then coming people back people got me I was just freaking out yeah, I yeah, think yeah, I, I had my cool yeah. it was like a I was like this is a fun story but it wasn't because <laughs> I was like I need my phone no no, no. The, the, the way because it ended with you getting with with like your phone being safe yeah it, that was so it, it is a good story we get to say oh this is a good story if it ended with like uh your phone disappeared forever and then um i don't know someone used all the credit calling your mum or something oh then it becomes like a weird bad then it becomes like a weird bad story but because yeah. we found it it's a good story yeah so, that yeah. was so thank you for getting that for more me. of the story That's always use those phone locatory always turn on that setting that yeah. lets you find your phone if it gets lost because other, you never know how useful it is until it happens other moral of the story is don't wear do not put your very large phone in your small short pockets because that it will come out a great story Just put it get a bag put it in the bag the bag has a zip on it you're good let's go okay what was after new york was Wait, it i want to talk about my favorite thing about new york what was your favorite thing about new york no all of it was really good uh, I'm, very, I'm very happy to go back. It was gonna be really fun. It was really cool. I like the it it. It's kind of weird because it's got that same kind of busyness. It's, it's the whole kind of thing of what I was saying about San Diego about how San Diego is like a really interesting convention, mm-hmm. but it's kind of like spreads out from outside. It's kind of cool how in in New York it's kind of like it's all in the Javits Center, but it's yeah. kind of fun how you're in. It's kind of fun that you're in New York. And, you know, you're walking through standard New York and then all of a sudden, boom, you're in, like, this massive comic convention. Oh, oh, the other really fun thing about New York Comic Con that's not really related to New York Comic Con at all is that, like, the US celebrates, like, Halloween from the start of October. Halloween's a lot more chill in the UK. But you have the spooky donuts, the Dunkin' Donuts. That was pretty good. That was really good. Yeah, I'm excited. There's a photo on... I can't remember if it's my Instagram or yours. yours. But we got these spooky donuts one night after finishing like a day at the convention, and they were just great. And one of them was like, one of them was like a donut, like a ring donut, but with like a donut ball in the middle, it and they decorated spider. it. So yeah, they decorated oh, it so it looked like a little spider, and it was really, really. I mean, it, it was a fine donut. It was just more they were decorated really cool. But I yeah, this one was. It's just so spooky. It I is, love it. It is really nice that like that everywhere's starting to get into that like, spooky zone. See so all these like window displays. They've got like like Halloween themed stuff in it's very like, nice really the the level of spook in the UK is very minimal spook yeah no one really cares I mean people care but it's like it's not on the same level at all could definitely be spookier oh, it was so good and like when we went to SPX it was September but they had the spooky section in Target yeah and that, that lived, was so cool that lived up to the, the hype as well that was oh, really cool I just just make make the UK spookier <laughs> make the UK spookier <laughs> Spooky. Yeah, exactly. Awful. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so then earlier this year we did Emerald City Comic Con in Seattle. Or yeah, Seattle. That, was that was so great. Seattle was just felt like a really cool place. Hey, what's up, Seattle? You're beautiful. Yeah, congratulations. You're, really, you're too cool for school, Seattle. Um, we had a great time at that show. I love. That was really nice. Like, um, it felt like the place had like a really strange layout, but it never felt like that crowded to get around or anything yeah I really like the venue um, I like the fact that you got these it's like a, the artist alley was its own floor pretty much right yeah yeah I think it had all, almost all of the sixth floor and it's like um, the convention's like right in Seattle centre I yeah. guess and it's really green and it's just yeah it was really nice it was I had really, a really nice time I we, did huh I had had a really nice time you had a really nice time yeah I can't remember 
I can't remember too many specifics about it now, but I think it was just... I can't think of anything bad about it. I can just think it was just pleasant. Yeah, it was it good. It was real nice. We saw our friends. We went to a cool pinball place that wasn't in the ECCC party. Oh, yeah, no, that was, like, way, way out. That was really cool. It was, like a, it was, like, a bar that had, like, a whole room of pinball machines in the back. And hey, they saw hot dogs as well. What's up? There's not enough pinball hot dog places in the UK that I'm aware of at least. <laughs> uh, someone told us about one that exists in Birmingham recently at a comic show though, so that, I don't think that's Oops. entirely true and I can't remember Sorry. what it was. It might have been called Tilt maybe? I thought my sister told us that actually. So we can uh, ask no, her. Someone told us at Leamington, Leamington Comic Con. Whoopsie doopsie. I remember Sorry. it's clear as day. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then we did C2E2 after ECCC. Yes. And that was cool. I'd say that's, that has a similar vibe to London MCM. Yeah, definitely. It was like a very much like a really massive big convention floor, but yeah, I feel if like I like that the artist Ali there was doing a lot of things that yeah. I'd like to see happen at UK shows. Like even yeah. just stuff like having the, the big massive. So at the end of every row in the artist Ali, there are these big massive letter signs. I so love it. Yeah, so like when you hype it, like whenever we're at a convention, we're always sort of hyping up saying, yeah, we're going to be at table... CB4. Or like... This weekend. A12 or something. And in uh, Chicago, and um, to be fair, like at New York and at SPX and at... Um, ECCC? ECCC as well. They had these massive letter signs all over the room. Yeah. I mean, SBX had massive letter balloons, which was really cool. They were cute. But they're like, it's like such a good, easy thing. Because it's like, oh, I want to go see Blah Blah, and they're in row H. Oh, I can see where row H is from across yeah. the hall. I'll just gravitate towards that, and I'll figure it out. Yeah. Whereas, like, I just, mm, come on. I like <laughs> so to see that good. More. We've I mean, really been spoiled by yeah. international shows. They've got diverse guest lists, they've got really cool panels, and letter they've got signs. letter signs. That's all I care about, letter signs. Maybe, we'll just, maybe we just take our own letter balloons. No, because uh, you're not allowed to have things that are that high up, are you? No, probably be really nice. <laughs> but no, that would be really cool. I think that's one thing I like to see at UK shows is just some more clear. I feel, posting, I feel bad for griping a bunch now. You've got hiccups. <laughs> oh no, you've been cursed. That's <laughs> what you think of elephants. I think by and large, like, um, UK comic conventions are like, they're always like getting better. Yeah. But it's this whole thing of like, now we've been to a few American shows that seems to have already figured stuff out. It'd be, it'd be nice if they all shared their knowledge together. Yeah. And figured it out. I mean, this is this is very easy coming from us, two people who don't run a comic to try. That's true. I like. I can't begin to imagine what it's like to run a comic convention, <laughs> all those moving parts and spinning wheels. But yeah, yeah, it's cool. I like comic conventions. It's like the thing about comic conventions is that it's always so nice to meet people who've like like read your comics online or like relate to various bits and pieces yeah that's like, wild sometimes we get people who come up to the table in like wrestling cosplay and I get to have like a weird little chat about like WWE stuff for a bit which is always fun <laughs> yeah if, if you know if the table's <laughs> if the table's not busy <laughs> come and you like wrestling come tell me about the wrestling and I'll tell you about what I think and I'll politely nod in the corner <laughs> But um, yeah, it's always fun to like talk to new people at conventions and stuff. And I, you always seem, tend to get like a load of nice visitors. Like I feel like you've had a, you've had a bunch of people recently who've bought you like little bits of like fan art and stuff they've drawn. Mm. Which yeah, that's stuff really so sweet. It's so nice. It make me cry. No, <laughs> but yeah, it's like it's totally surreal. It's always like really cute. And yeah, nice. I think like that's definitely a highlight 
uh, for me for shows it's like, like meeting everybody everyone's so nice yeah. it's like good and then we get to see a lot of comic friends as well yeah. like doing the US show um, the overseas shows has been so cool because it's like we got to meet like so many of our American friends yeah people who only existed on like Twitter and Instagram before and that. We get to meet them a bunch of times because we kept doing them and yeah. everyone else is doing the same shows. So it's like, oh. It was cool. I think one of my favourite, um, one of my favourite weird Comic Con things I think so far was, um, I think in Seattle we went for food with Kyle Starks. Our dad, Kyle with, Starks. With our comics, <laughs> our comics, our comics papa. Um, we went for, we went to Chipotle, uh, like after the show <laughs> one night. And like it was really good. Like we've only we've never really experienced Chipotle much before, but it was like it was a really nice, wholesome. It was like the perfect kind of like end of day meal kind of thing. That's what I wanted. But yeah. then we were like we were we were chatting so much that they the the place was closing. I think we were like because I guess like um the the show was ending at like seven, I guess. So that yeah. doesn't really give us much time for when the show ended to actually go and get food and then eating the food or whatever. But I think it shut at like nine or something, and we were just like yapping away. I think they didn't. I don't think they said anything to us till about like ten past nine, where like yeah. everyone else had already left, and then they kind of quietly were like, "I'm really sorry, we're closed. Please we're leave. Closed. You have to go. Go the. You have to go out these doors at the bottom because you've already uh, locked the other ones up." I but. feel. I feel very bad. I'm sorry, Triple I, for doing that to yeah. you. We didn't realize. It was still. It was still a really fun hangout, though. Yeah. I feel like there's been a whole bunch of them. Like, we're, I think we're like. Super, and they've all been with Kyle. Stark. Yeah, all Kyle Stark <laughs> all the time. Um, yeah, it feels really cool to be able to go to these shows. Like, yeah, it's like kind of wild the amount. Like, I think there, there was a whole thing that we we really couldn't do them before because of like my my job didn't really allow me to have time off in like time that wasn't school holidays. And yeah. most of the comic shows, like the only comic show that really fell in that time was like the San Diego Comic Con that Which we is, went to. Yeah, why we did it. <laughs> and that I still I still had to get like three days like written off for me to be allowed to go. So it was this whole kind of awkward thing, but. I think we've managed, like, since I started working with you full-time last year, which it's just literally been, like, a whole year of that, which is, like, wild in itself. Thank you so much. Um, Yeah, it feels really cool that we've managed to, like, hit almost every single... We had, like, kind of a wish list of comic shows that we wanted to do, and I think we've hit some of the biggest ones in the last 12 months, which feels really exciting and weird. But hey, really cool. if you visited us at any of those shows, thank you for coming out. Because it's kind of scary as well. Like, we're, we're going all the way across the ocean, and it's like, oh, no, yeah. it? no one wants to see us. And then you come, oh, thank you yeah, for coming over. If, if you came to see us at, like, uh, literally any one of those shows, because yeah. we, no, we had no idea what they were going to be like. So, like, New York was super exciting because we did we just didn't expect to see... We didn't. I don't think we expected I, yeah. it to be as busy as it was. And the same with like um, Seattle this year, and like even Chicago to some extent. Like we had like no idea that, like what was going to happen at yeah, that show, and it was really, really positive and really good. And we met so many people. Oops! So now we're in love with the U.S. comic scene. I mean, Chicago's got that big bean. It's got a big bean, you guys. <laughs> it's, got big, it's got a big silver bean and like super deep pizza. I would eat that pizza again. We went to a place called Pequod's Pizza. Um, thank you, Sean Dove, who invited us along. Yeah, cool. Sean Dove. Also um, at Paul Bubble, you should go see him after you see Carrie Peach and us. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a really, it was a really good show. The pizza was great. <clears throat> okay, so I think that wraps up convention talk pretty much. Now let's talk more conventions and listener questions. Hooray! So um, we put out a little call on Twitter earlier. Um, Matthew Hidalgo asks. 
Uh, favorite cosplays, either that you've seen or that you've worn. Oh gosh, you won't wear cosplay with me. Also, I mean, I'm too lazy to make you, a good if, cosplay. If you have a good enough idea, I will. But then also, I don't really want to be like. The, the problem I see with most cosplay is a lot of it looks quite kind of warm to wear and I don't yeah. think being behind the table at a convention and wearing cosplay is going to like go hand in hand unless it's like a colder time of year maybe yeah yeah but maybe maybe at some point you've not ever pitched me a good enough idea for me to be involved but pitched plenty I think name one Oh, I can't think of any right now. Like, I could be Mighty and you could be the squirrel whose name escapes me. Ray, that sounds so hot (laughs) and warm. Well, it depends how you do it. Then that sounds low effort. (laughs) So I I don't think... There's not many that we've What's your favourite that you've seen? There's always, like, a good one each convention and then it falls out of my Um, brain. There was a really impressive Swamp Thing one at New York Comic Con. Oh, yeah. I remember that was one where, like, I I saw, like, loads of people going out, like, posting pictures online of it as well, being like, this is, like, like, crazy over the top. I always like the, um... Like the the Games Workshop Space Marine ones, you see where what, it's like, like the pe- really big ones. Yeah, the ones where it's like really big and they've got the massive like rounded <sighs> shoulder pads and stuff. Like those that's are always so impressive. Much. It's like that's really hardcore. If I've, I see that, I'm like, damn. I've watched someone. <laughs> I watched someone in a car park once, like starting to put it all on. Yeah. I uh, like possibly at, um, at London MCM. I think so I think it was in like that underground oh, car park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just like there's like so much to it as well. Like it's very impressive. So I think those are always like very impressive to me. Every every time someone has a very large cosplay or just a f- cosplay where they have to constantly hold something, I'm wowed. Yeah. I'm like that. That is hardcore. Nice. Yeah. Nice. 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 Okay. Um, Mafu asks, "What's your favorite fan meeting experience at a convention?" All of them. <laughs> <laughs> um. Ooh. I've had some really nice ones um, and just like when kids I meet kids at shows like it's really cool and amazing um, I've been given some really amazing fan art from kids and I'm like how are you so good at drawing and also this is for me like I, I really like it when um, when a parent will come up to the table with their kid and say something along the lines of you know oh they're t- like too shy to come over or something and then you're just there being like a goof <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's it's so weird to think that there's people who are like, like oh my god, that's Sarah Grayley, the intimidating Sarah Grayley. When you're just you're just a goofball, really, in like the nicest way possible. Yeah, this one's like a a bit of a weird one to address. But we started doing shows, and I started getting messages being like, "Oh, I saw you at Comic Con, but I didn't come say hi because I was too scared to say hi." And it's like I'm a massive nerd. <laughs> I'm just a little goblin. Please come say hi. Yeah, like never. You can like we. I think we 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 definitely try and be as like friendly and welcoming at the table as possible. Yeah, unless I'm like super into a game of Mario Kart or something, which is forgivable. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think like yeah, I'm very shy and anxious as well. So come, let's be shy and anxious together. Yeah, it'll be great. Yeah. Um. And lastly, uh. Dimitri Wujisenga says, uh, how did you know you were ready to go to your first convention? How did you choose how many books to bring, etc.? Um, the first convention that we did was a uh, Foot Bubble, and that was just because like, a friend asked, if, hey, I've got, like, you want to share a table kind of thing. So it wasn't something I'd thought about beforehand. So I guess at that show we realised, hey, we actually want to do this. Like, let's do this. Yeah, that was a really cool show to start with as well yeah i feel that was a very good introduction to comics like yeah. <laughs> but um and in regards to books i think you just k- 
okay bring like what you can comfortably bring and know that you might need to bring back in case you don't sell everything yeah and then you just do more and more shows and it kind of gets you kind of get like a good idea from that i think i feel like where we just start when we were first doing shows where we just bring in like a suitcase with yeah. like a box of books and the grids and stuff in maybe maybe if not even the grids actually we didn't get the grids until like 2015 ish it's really fun to see like our first convention table versus our current one yeah like, like our first well i like how i was saying ah oh, but it was yours really oh no let's be i'm close to say sorry to brag but i'm not really bragging because it's like you are in charge of the table I set and it looks no, so good i mean I, I was in charge of it i'm in charge of it now I don't yeah think I you weren't then. you weren't in the past and yeah. you can tell when the change it's so strange it's, it's so weird like looking back at that time though because it was like it was like way way before you had any of these bigger like chunkier things i've got so many chunky things on my table that you can buy <laughs> oh my gosh. That sounds really dirty, I'm sorry. But, um, yeah, no, it's still fun to see, like, it It was such a simpler time, like, I can, I can think of one where, like, you had just, like, the, one. I think maybe, like, volume, there was one, a couple of shows we did where you had just, like, um, I think it was, like, our Super Adventure Volume 2, yeah. our Super Adventure Volume 3, these were, like, the old, like, mini collections. Yeah, it's not the And then we book. had that, like, DLC zine that we did. Yeah. It was just me, like, yabbering on about games, and you did, like, illustrations for it. And it was, like, such a little, like, little tiny setup, and then maybe you had, like, a couple of jars full of, like, pin badges, and that was it. And now we've got all these really and now heavy we've got books. way too many things. And, I mean, at least we at least we don't have to, like... Okay, so the one good thing that's happened with conventions since mm-hmm. I've started working with you full-time yeah. is that now at least we can have... We can at least go to some of the bigger ones the day before and set up. Oh, my goodness, because yeah. Because we, we always used to drive to conventions on, like, the morning of the beginning to set up. So yeah. for something like... Uh, I think for, say for like London MCM, we would drive down, like we'd set off at like four in the morning, get there for like just before opening time, yeah. quickly try and set up the table as people are starting to come in. And it was always like very stressful. It's so stressful. Um, I think the most, the most ridiculous version of that was uh, doing Glasgow MCM the first time, <laughs> where we literally had to set off at like half two, three in the morning. Yeah. Drive the sort of like five-ish hours up to Glasgow. Yeah. Find our way around Glasgow for the first time because we've not ever been before. And then have to set up a convention table and stuff and it was like, it was uh, wild. But I think at least that one was only like a, a one-day one that year, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, um, yeah, yeah. It's nice to not have to get up at the crack of dawn anymore yeah, and to do those things. Now we just book a hotel the night before. <laughs> yeah, which we're, we're thankfully, in a, we're thankfully in a, very grateful for us to be in a position now where we can like set up the day before and then yeah. not have to get up at like 3am the day of the convention. Then conventions are really exhausting because you're at a show yeah. like all day. Oh, and kind I of like to be talking to like hundreds of people in a place where there's like it's ten, very loud in a place where sometimes there's like tens of thousands of people just milling about, which always makes for like a very strange atmosphere it's, to be in. It's a lot, but it's fun. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's a very tiring kind of fun. Like it's the kind of thing where you don't realize just how tiring a convention was until it's like the Monday after. I feel like I definitely had to do a couple before I realised, like, oh, man, if it's possible, should take the day off after a convention just to recover. Yeah, we always had to go back to work on those Mondays. Oh, that was... I, I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's cool. It was, like, it was worth it. It was, like, a good... Like I said, it was, like, a good kind of tired, so... Yeah. Yeah. Conventions also are a lot easier if you can drive and you have a car. 
Yeah, we're super lucky something. in that regards. Yeah. Because like a, a bunch of people just kind of like, they'll sort of bring like a big suitcase, maybe two suitcases full of stuff. Yeah. Whereas we can kind of have a little bit of like wiggle room with stuff that we can kind of keep in the car and stuff like that. So it's weird. It's, um, it's difficult. It's probably more difficult now trying to decide how much to bring because we never really know what's going to be the most popular book at a convention because people yeah. people like different things like sometimes there'll be a lot of people who like our super adventure at a show sometimes there'll be a lot of people who like the rick and morty book yeah sometimes it'll be like like really kim reapery like mm. yeah i was like yeah that's the thing we've done we've done 50 shows in the uk which i'm still not over that is a lot of shows yeah um so if you like do the same kind of shows you kind of like get a vibe for like oh is this this kind of show we need to bring so much of this thing whereas it's like another show it'd be like no don't bring that <laughs> like, yeah um but yeah it's just you you just figure it out from experience i guess yeah i think so far we've done quite well in not running out of anything at a convention because we always like try and bring we always try and bring like spare stuff yeah if we can if we've got if we've got our car yeah yeah that's what i was about to say like with the american shows we kind of sold we've definitely sold out of some of the books really straight like quickly because we didn't realise just how popular they were going to be. And obviously because we had to ship everything over in advance, like we didn't want to ship over way too much because then we have to worry about shipping stuff back over. Yeah. So, yeah, I think New York Comic Con was like the the main culprit of that where we ran out of our Super Adventure books on like the second day. Yeah. And we felt so bad about it. But it was so, really, it was a really nice feeling to have had to be sold out of the book. But then we were like, oh, this it's such an awkward situation because if we were in like London we could have just gone sort of back to the car and bought an extra box or something up yeah if you if you want anything in particular from us an international <laughs> show please get us get us uh, get at us early yeah that makes sense <laughs> but, um yeah no um what's the what's the main takeaway here conventions are good conventions are good it's difficult to gauge how much stuff to bring but i think we do a good job at guessing most of the time yes and we I have think. a car with a big boot so, yeah, so like... that's that's definitely a, a handy thing if if you can drive that's a good thing if you can't it's more of like a what can you comfortably what carry can you comfortably carry in your suitcase and get a suitcase with good wheels too we had some suitcases where we've like shredded up the wheels because we tried to carry too much stuff in them yeah that was not good now we have like a little trolley and some plastic boxes and it feels much more it's nice it feels much more like reusable we used to like use like cardboard boxes to bring stock in now we're using the same box over and over again which feels cool Environment. But, um, yeah it's cool um i don't know what to say come see us at conventions come see us at Manchester MCM if you're like listening to this immediately <laughs> it's if this weekend this, if you listen to this entire podcast and you live in the Manchester area and you weren't already coming to Manchester MCM hey Manchester MCM is happening hey, this weekend if you're going to Manchester MCM definitely come see us um, for the record that's June the July 28th July the <laughs> we've 29th we've gone back in time um, um, what else are we yeah. doing we're going to come see us at Four Bubble in yeah. September New York Comic Con in October and then probably... Hopefully London. Yeah, probably Hopefully London Birmingham in October as well. and Birmingham in November. Yeah, I think that's the rest of I this year. That's, yeah, that's what we're planning. And so. then as soon as we have any idea what we're doing in 2019, I'm sure we'll let you all know. Yeah. yeah. And uh, if you haven't already... Oh, I'm doing it. I'm doing the plug. Um, I was going to say, like, this is this this feels like the time to plug stuff. It's the end. Yeah, um, our Kickstarter is about to finish. We've got, I think, five days left on yeah. the power, which is going to be less by the time you hear it. Basically, by by 6pm in the UK on Wednesday, the Kickstarter will have ended. So, you should 
you should back it because um, we did a bunch of stretch goals which have all been like unlocked um, apart from like the last one but maybe it's been unlocked now I don't know time travel um, but if you, yeah, if, you, if you get if you get the book for the Kickstarter you'll get like all these extra bits and pieces which is really cool we got some really shiny stickers which I'm really excited to get because I'm going to stick them around the house oh dear yeah so uh, <laughs> yeah there's a bunch of like everyone everyone who gets a, a physical book through the Kickstarter gets like a bunch of holographic stickers and a bunch of postcards and um, another stickers. sticker sheet and hopefully um, a bonus and our pin badge but as, as Sarah said before that's like yeah. yet to be unlocked but maybe by the time you listen to this it has been unlocked so um, the kickstarter because I don't think we actually said what it's for is for a new RCB adventure book called so video games and pizza parties it's gonna have 200 comics in it drawn by me and uh, one comic drawn by Seth which is yeah, gonna be amazing yeah. <laughs> So it's all right, exciting. That was the most recent stretch goal that we've reached, and it means that I've got to draw and colour an RC Prevention comic. So I'm like real good. I'm ready. I'm ready for the challenge. I'm excited. I'm really excited to see what you do. I'm terrified. But, um, yeah, if but you want, I'm sure it'll be fine. If you want to back <laughs> it and get all the stuff, uh, it's sarahgrayley.com slash kick. Or if you just go on Kickstarter and put RC Preventure, I'm sure it should turn up. Have you got anything else to plug? I think that's it. Wait. We're going to be at Manchester this weekend. We've got the Kickstarter running at the moment. I've got one more thing to plug. What's that? I want to plug the information that you're adorable. Ah, got ya. Got ya. That was I've you. not a valid plug. You've made a mockery of this whole plug <laughs> section. I um, guess we have to end. Yeah. Thank you very much for listening to RC yeah, Podcast. We'll you. try not to have another week-long break in between episodes again, but <laughs> uh, it might it might happen if we get super busy, because I think really sometimes... busy, you guys. I think we've realised in the last few weeks that every so often we get super wild with deadlines and then all of a sudden all the spare time we think we've got for things disappears but um yeah thank you for being so understanding and yes. uh yeah this has been our super podcast my name's steph i'm sarah and uh, uh yeah keep, keep being, being super, super.